Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Hello! Oh my goodness, I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And I'm really excited for this episode. And I I really pray that you enjoy it because a lot of these things... I feel like I have heard a lot of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you before and before I was ready to hear them, they didn't necessarily stand out or make sense. But now that I know them, I am very much like, wow, I wish I had had the ears to listen. Um, So there may be things that I am about to share um, that are totally going to land and I say like seize them and use them and grow and you know leverage me and you know learn from my mistakes and if they don't then great go on to the next right um so what this episode is all about is my birthday was two days ago i turned 28 years old which is really cool i feel like 28 is um just it's like a mature age to to me which is funny because I'm sure when I'm in my 30s I'll be like oh my gosh in my 20s I was such a baby and I was learning so many lessons um and I have definitely found that to be true but I definitely feel just the most mature and stable that I ever have in so many sectors of my life now that it is really cool to be able to share the 27 top lessons that I learned when I was 27 years old so to preface before we just start to dive in, I do want, you know, to let you know that I, I guess right when I turned, right before I turned 27 in 2021, I had moved from Los Angeles to Durham, North Carolina. So my boyfriend, Justin, lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Raleigh and Durham are literally right next to each other. I lived like 35 minutes from his house with one of my good friends from college. 
And that was awesome. It was really cool to be able to have an independent life, whereas I still spent all kinds of time with him, especially on the weekends. Um, but I didn't feel like the pressure because that whole move was truly a let's see what happens. I have nothing to lose. I can always go back to California. Um, but, you know, in a pandemic and long distance and having, you know, that whole life in California kind of shut down, it made perfect sense to go on an adventure. So within that, um, when I got to Durham and when I was, you know, settling into North Carolina, so many challenges came up. The pandemic really put my businesses behind. It incredibly slowed down my revenue. It put me in a place of like almost like it was cool because I was creating revenue in a new way because I had started to coach and I started to lean into that. But my agency, Malibu Media, had just completely dried up because we are a luxury service and I think a lot of our ideal clients were just kind of hunkered down waiting for the pandemic to end um, which was really smart of them so anyway I was feeling very unsettled um, I felt like I was starting from zero again um, and then you know moving across the country and getting finances together again getting um, you know my back my myself back on my feet was really just I was frustrated, you guys. Like, I was frustrated. I was inspired. I was excited. I knew that God was doing something. I knew that I was back in the South with so much purpose. And I also was just like, what the heck? Like, why did it have to be this way? This is not how I had imagined it to be. Um, and so I was very much all of my 27th year almost battling with that until the end um, of just feeling so many feelings and almost feeling like resentment um, to myself and to almost, you know, just God of like, wow, this is, this is difficult. You know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I'm feeling a lot of weight on my shoulders. I feel like I'm doing a lot of new things. I just built this extremely successful business. Why, you know, does it feel like there's a huge pause button on it right now while I am you know, exploring new pastures and, and now building and, you know, it all makes sense now. They ended up, both coming back over my 27th year and that was really cool very humbling but very amazing to see both businesses just kill it and end up having you know the best years that they had ever had um but again lots of pressure lots of feelings lots of processing and learning you know in addition to that that um, you know, allowing yourself to fall in love and be in love and, you know, get used to a new place and understand a new culture um, takes time, you know. So anyway, I want to preface that um, the end of the year, you know, came and it was good. And I think I felt a lot of feelings as 27 ended because I was really proud of myself for navigating everything that I did and coming out on the other side. So there was victory in all of it. Um, but like I said at the beginning of this episode, I really hope that this saves you time, okay? And saves you heartache um, and, you know, gives you some, some fuel in your tank because, man, it was a big year. I feel like I will always look back on 27 and think holy cow we like came such a long way you know so anyway with that um i am just going to take you through the list of the 27 things i learned in my 27th year um and expand on some of them some of them are very like duh in your face and some of them are are not i w would say i you know it took me years 
some of these lessons came to me this last year, um, but I think they were building for like five years. So we will just dive in. So the first lesson that I learned, and I have learned this before, but I learned it in a way bigger sense, was a busy life is weirdly bare. So just because your calendar is like completely full does not mean that you feel fulfilled, does not mean that you are doing the right things. Um, and a lot of the times I would say that in itself is like um, a, a good time when you're building a business or you know building your career. When you get to that like, oh my gosh, I have no more space, I'm so busy, you feel this emptiness because um, it really is an invitation to then optimize, but sometimes we don't know how to optimize. Optimization takes a lot of time. So, um, you know, filling filling up that calendar with purposeful tasks even and with things you know you're on earth to do can just be so soul-sucking. Um, so one thing that one of my past coaches taught me was that um, ideally you have 40% of your time on your calendar open for you to you know, dream and think and find solutions and, you know, do odd ends and tasks that may come up. And when I started to implement that, um, I felt a lot more freedom. So never, ever, ever, ever think that it is sexy to have a incredibly busy life. Um, now I almost like wince when people are like, well, I know you're so busy. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, you know, not really what I want to be known for. I don't want to be known for being busy. And I promise you don't either, um, even if it seems sexy, right? Um, so a busy life is a weirdly bare life. The second one is your location has nothing to do with your potential. So when I was leaving Los Angeles, it was really hard for me because I love California. That is where some of my best you know, childhood years took place before my parents divorced and I moved to Kentucky. Um, when I moved to California in 2017, I just felt so free and I've always felt like that was home. And so leaving was really, really, really hard for me, even though I know that a huge part of me is also rooted in the South and loves the South so big. Um, and so I, I kind of learned that really like, I think our souls and who we are, it's like sprinkled across all of the things that we've done. And I think you can leave pieces and parts of you in different locations and, you know, you can go back and visit or live and it unlocks, you know, parts of you that you haven't experienced in a long time. And I, I saw that so much through my, you know, five years out West, but I really truly think that um, I hid behind it too. And I remember when I was leaving Los Angeles that I realized like I am not going to be able to hide behind the fact that I live in LA because I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, you live in LA, you, and I think there was like, for some reason in my mind, I thought that that meant like something to them, like that I meant it because it was interesting to them. Um, and they're like, how is that? Tell me about that, you know? Um, and so I think it gave me this like false sense of identity when it really had nothing to do with my potential. It had had nothing to do with what I could do. Like my location cannot inhibit me from being who I'm supposed to be and being who God created me to be. And that is true for you. Your location has nothing to do with your potential. Yes, can you unlock things and opportunities 
in the right places, in the right rooms, 100%. But I had another one of my coaches this year tell me like, you know, your, your business is not based upon location or luck. You know, you can create, you know, a beautiful life and business and brand from anywhere. And anyone who tells you differently is just distracted. And so, you know, when I, when I left LA, I still miss it. I still talk about it, of course, but it showed me that like I could be who I am anywhere. And that again is so true for you. So if you, you know, have this dream of moving somewhere, amazing, but do not think that your dream is contingent upon your location because especially after this pandemic, it's not, it really is not. Um, so with that, we will go to the third one, which is allowing yourself to be loved is an action. So that really has to do with all kinds of love. That has to do with, you know, love with God, which is agape love, with others, with yourself. It takes effort and surrender to be fully seen sometimes. And I swear it's different for everyone and every personality is so different. Um, but allowing myself to be fully seen and to be loved can be really difficult. And I never really learned that it was a muscle that I needed to develop. So, you know, in earlier parts of my life and in dating, I think if I didn't feel loved and if I didn't feel seen, um, then I was just out. Whereas I've realized now in my relationship with Justin and my relationship with myself and with God, it's, it's just coming back every day and allowing yourself to build the muscle and understanding that love truly is an expression. And it also is you. You were created from a place of love, of course. Like you are so loved by God and you know, you are so loved, I'm sure, by all the people around you, but it is an action. It's not just something that lives, that's lofty, that's put on the shelf. Love isn't a trophy. It is an action, right? And and as you express it and as you are able to, you know, lean into it more and more and more, I swear um, it gets more intoxicating in that, like, it, it's different all the time, right? So it's not intoxicating in like a toxic way. I've been so just impressed in my relationship with Justin that like I thought it was one thing and that it's something completely different. Um, and again, that's true with everything, not just, you know, a romantic relationship. Um, but it takes that effort. It takes that surrender. So I want to know, like, are you creating space for yourself to... Um, make those efforts are you allowing yourself surrender to be seen you know are you allowing yourself space for vulnerability um because i think that is really where the magic happens so on to the next one which is four and opinions are not your identity one of the core lessons that i learned in 2021 and you know in my 27th year was you know if you find your identity with um you know the mental like possession of an opinion um or things that you know or things that you've done or things that you've had or again a location that you identify with um that's great those are like physical attributes and things that you know say so much about who you are in this world um, but again, if you're basing your existence off of your actions and what you've done and, you know, where you live and the opinions that you uphold, you are always going to be under attack. Like you are always going to be under attack. And I think, you know, fighting for what you believe and, you know, what 
is true for your morals is a very beautiful thing, but your opinions are not your identity, right? They are they are not. You you are you, right? And we were just talking about this. Like you are an expression of, you know, love. You're created out of deep, deep love from God, right? And so I think sometimes, you know, we war against each other with these opinions when really I think love and tolerance and listening and then, you know, vulnerability and surrender um, and still keeping your morals and your opinions and all of that, but just letting others express too, like that actually speaks a lot more than you, you know, going off with your opinions all the time. And I think, you know, that is something I've personally seen. Some of the greatest leaders that I look up to are not like, making people feel small or sharing their opinions in a, in a way that um, could belittle um, their understanding that like their identity is um, to be and to comfort and to connect and to allow um, for lessons and to share lessons and and within that, right? That identity is expressed um, and people are curious and people identify with you right um so again your opinions are not your identity they are huge pieces and parts of you but like your leadership is not something that you have to necessarily fight for right and your opinions are not something that you need to war over because i think sometimes um, our example is one of the greatest indications of leadership and one of the greatest ways to um, invite someone into understanding who and what you are and why. Um, number five is things are going to get wrong, but they stay wrong depending on how you look at them. So a really good example of this, um, I think I was just in my 27th year after moving and after just the challenges and all of the, I just felt so much pressure financially um, and just getting rid of debt and understanding how to get back on track and working through, you know, the emotions of like, oh my gosh, I have to rebuild all of this after the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and within that, um, I just like had a lot less patience with people and like with life. And so in the past, um, an example that like always was shocking to me um, when I did it was if I was at the airport and like something went wrong, then it just went wrong, right? Like if I had too much in my bag, then it just was what it was, right? If things went wrong or people were behind or security was insane or, you know, flights were delayed, like it just was what it was, right? And I found um, a, a positive light to it because everything I believe happens for a reason. Um, but one thing that I saw was that I was just getting so frustrated and I remember like even sitting there and being like, why are you frustrated? You know, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, but I, I really felt like it was and I really felt just that frustration all over and I just wanted everything to be easier. And again, that had to do, I think, with the things that I was battling behind the scenes. Um, but I could just see myself like I was never mean to anyone, but I would just like harden. So I, I wouldn't be as light and as lovely because you know, I knew that the people at the kiosk at the airport were, you know, out of control and doing the very best they could. I just felt like, oh, darn, like, are you serious again? You know, and would just be like, okay, thanks, bye. Um, and within that, like, the lightness, I missed it. And I was so sad that I had lost it. And I didn't really know how to find it or get it back. 
And I think this is applicable in all areas of life. I'm just using this airport metaphor. Um, but what I realized was, you know, I would feel hard and I would feel frustrated. And I'd be like, okay, thanks. Um, and just like, you know, go and sit at the gate and be frustrated. And it didn't do anything like before I had ever felt that frustration. And when I was like, oh, okay, sounds great. You know, like I was just a lot more happy and it wasn't as miserable for me. Whereas, you know, when I started to take things on and get frustrated, um, I, I just was miserable. I just like prolonged the misery and like allowed for more misery, you know? Um, so within that, um, you know, accepting what's happening is a really powerful thing and then like not letting it own you right okay my my flight's gonna be delayed okay i'm not gonna get home tonight okay you lost my luggage right like all of those things are just things that happen and just being able to accept it and feel the feelings and then be like okay cool what are the solutions what are my options and obviously getting mad is like part of life you know we have these feelings with purpose but not just like avoiding it and like taking it on and like putting that on and just like being miserable like solutions come easier when you are able to feel your feelings and then you know show up with your game face and show up and and be open you know instead of just like shutting it down and like going hulk and that was something that I think I naturally always did of just being like, oh, okay, easy, awesome. Well, there will be a solution. And I, again, in that frustration that I felt in my 27th year, um, I just started to get exhausted by myself because I just wouldn't accept what was happening. Like I wanted to fix it. I was over it um, or I wanted to avoid it because I was over it when really, you know, it was the acceptance that allowed for the ease and the ease is what allowed for solutions, right? Like if I was kind to someone, they wanted to be kind back. If they were being kind, maybe they could help me find a solution faster, easier, you know? Um, You know, being miserable does nothing. It's not productive. Um, So that then allows us to go into number seven, which is really pertinent to the last one. And it's your feelings just want to be heard. Like my anger just wanted to be heard. And it had nothing to do with the people at the airport or someone losing my bag or my flight getting delayed. You know, my anger had to do with the fact that I was frustrated because life was feeling really hard and I just wanted it to be easy, right? And I just needed to feel my feelings and really listen. And it was when I started to do that and understand like, oh, I'm feeling really frustrated. Why is that? Oh, I I have a lot of pressure on me. Why do I have a lot of pressure? Because I'm trying to go so hard in life. Why am I trying to go so hard? Because I want to, you know, make it in business and I want to feel secure. Okay, cool. What does that even mean? Like, what does making it mean, Allie? right? Like what do you actually need to feel secure? Oh, okay. It's not as complicated as we thought it would be, right? I think sometimes we tell ourselves these stories because of, you know, life or how a season of life is going when it doesn't have to be what we're making it, right? I think 27 could have been a lot easier if I just listened to my feelings and realized, oh my gosh, I'm frustrated and I'm feeling like I'm pushing myself too hard and I feel like this has just been a whole lot and I just want to take a break and I just want to like rest. Cool. If I just asked for that and I had just like, you know, communicated that, I bet it would have been possible, but it was, it was really hard on me and I was struggling. And so listen to your feelings. And if I had done that earlier, I think I would have had a lot easier of a year. Um, Okay. Eight is it's harder inside your head. And this one really plays off of the last two that I was teaching on and that really they taught me. It was, you know, if I just let something 
stay in my head and get harder and harder and harder and I let my feelings pile and pile and pile, then, you know, I, I really could spiral quickly. Like spirals happen really easily in your head. And if you have a safe person that you can process your feelings with, amazing. And they have this space, obviously like, hey, do you have space? Ask them, do you have space for me to talk about my feelings? Um, if they can do that or if you have a therapist, that's a, a really great tool. But I even found that journaling and just getting something on paper and getting it out of my head just took the weight away. And I think sometimes it's it's easy when we just keep everything in our mind to just take the world on when really the world is not our responsibility fully, right? Like I am not responsible for the 8 billion people on this earth. I am not responsible for the solution to the pandemic. I am not responsible for x y and z right i am just responsible for me and i need to feel my feelings and i need to get it outside of me and then i can organize it and then i can take thoughtful action every day to create a solution right so getting it out of your head is really important and i always knew that you know how you can like know something but it doesn't click that really clicked this year because again i was just taking on the world i felt when the world was not my job. I was my job. And when I started to act like it and really process, that was when, you know, relief came. And I really needed that. We all need relief. After the last few years, there's been a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of change, right? Um, before we ever heard the word COVID, you know, my life looked way different than it does now. And I'm willing to bet that yours did too. Um, so creating space to process these feelings and get it out and process what you need and getting it out, man, it's a game changer, you guys. Like we can't just keep it all in our head, which leads to number nine. And this one is kind of different. I feel like we were talking a lot about mindset on the first ones, but um, this one is very pertinent. I think even for right now and will stay pertinent forever. Um, I think it, this year I learned that like social media is just gonna ever be changing. It is always going to be changing. It was changing, you know, five years ago. It was changing 10 years ago. MySpace is different than Facebook is different than Instagram is different than TikTok is different than Meta is different than Face or than Pinterest. Like they're all so different, right? And that's okay. We are all so different. And I think as social media, you know, becomes more of a fixture in our society, um, you know, one of my companies is completely based on social media and digital media. Like I am betting on the long run of what it is um and you know it is 100 my gift and i think um i just see so many people get frustrated with the changes and believe me i am one of them sometimes when the algorithm flips or when engagement is down or when a new feature comes out and old features are being you know completely taken out it can feel very frustrating but in the end it is just a river and we're on floaties and we are just taking a ride down the river and you can opt out of the river, you can, you know, decide to get a kayak and like optimize it, you can stay on the float, like you can make the ride whatever you want it to be, but it's always going to be changing. We don't know, like taking a note out of Pocahontas' song, um, aging myself here, but like just around the river bend, we don't know what's going to be there right? This is a straight up river, right? And there might be rapids, there might be like, you know, a really long stretch and it's calm and it's nice and we can just, 
you know, create systems and chill or, you know, you might find the platform that like allows you to elevate your voice and it's so exciting, whatever it is, we're here for it 100%. Um, when we just let it be, just let it be. And I think, you know, one thing, if you are a social media creator or someone who loves social media or you need it for your business or whatever have you, um, if you just allow yourself to kind of see it from a 10,000 foot view, it's, it's just trying to figure itself out. It's a business. It's a self of, you know, it's a, a form of expression. Um, these companies are trying to make it so that you and I are, are mentally taken care of and not just subjected to like numbers and rankings and a popularity contest. Um, so just see it as more of a jigsaw puzzle or again, um, something you just get to float down and take notes and figure out what works for you and take breaks when necessary and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the freaking ride. I wish that I had done that more and I think I just now am getting into a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, that post, you know, I have 20,000 followers, but that post just got 50 likes. Okay, not gonna make any more like that. Or you know what, I actually really liked making one of those. What if I tried it one more time, right? Like just let it be what it is. Be Nancy Drew, have some fun. See what's on the other side of the river bend, right? But just ride the ride. That takes us to number 10. And my dad actually said this to me when he visited um, a few months ago. And my father was in the Marine Corps. You know, he is in his late 50s and he's a very wise guy. And he was talking to me in the car and we were just talking about friendships, which I'm gonna talk a lot about in the rest of this list. Um, but we were talking about friends and I was just telling him like, you know, I really miss my friends in California and I miss my friends in Arizona and I miss my friends in, you know, Kentucky. And I just feel like everyone is, is moving and changing and it's so hard to keep up and I just miss them. And, and my dad was like, well, that's good. Like, it's good to miss someone. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I just wish that I didn't have to. And he was like, well, no, it's a gift to miss them one. And two, he was like, missing them just means that you need to love them harder and make more of an effort. He was like, you can't make an old friend. I repeat, this is one of my favorite quotes from him of all time. You cannot make an old friend. He was like, I've learned this lesson the hard way. He was like, to be known through decades is one of the greatest gifts. For someone to see you and watch your tendencies and understand how you operate, what a gift that is, Allie. And it's worthy of having, you know, times where you talk or you don't talk or calling them and them having busy seasons or you having busy seasons and just knowing that you love each other and you're always going to make an effort. And so he was like, communicate to the people that you want to make an old friend out of because, you know, you've done life with them up until this point and there is nothing saying that you can't continue to do that. And maybe there will be seasons where you don't get what you need or there are seasons where they can't get what they need. But the more you communicate and set expectations and let them know that they matter to you, the more that you are setting yourselves up for a lifetime of friendship. And that's a really rare and beautiful thing. He was like, when you get old and you make new friends, it's different, right? You have a whole life 
you know, that is under your belt and they're coming in and they're seeing this transformed version of you who's gotten better and who's been through a lot of things. And that is beautiful and we love that and we'll always have a space and a place for that. But he was like having someone who has seen you through it all and can remind you of who you are and can help you course correct. Like you can never beat that and you can never replace the feeling that it is to be able to give that to them. So number 10, you cannot make an old friend. Number 11, the start doesn't look or feel like the finish, and there's a lot of purpose in that. I learned that a lot with Bloom Conference. So starting something is is different, right? It's different than what year four might look like or year 10 might look like. It is different than what your vision might have been at first. It might be a lot harder than you expected, or maybe it's easier, right? But the start doesn't look or feel like the finish. And I love that that's the design of how life works. I think we get what we have space for, right? And holding space for, you know, the end of something takes a lot more experience than, you know, learning the ropes of of starting something. And so I see a lot of people, and I mean, I saw myself do this with Bloom Conference. I was like, I just want this room to be full of so many amazing women who are just ready to connect and learn and go deeper and build a business and feel inspired and feel connected. And man, I was just so ready for the end product where I didn't connect with as many people, I think, the way that I could have. Um, And so I was almost distracted. So when I opened ticket sales and I was like, oh my gosh, yay, I'm so excited about everyone who's bought already, but how do I find new women? The answer wasn't, you know, okay, I just need to keep talking about it and we'll just see what happens and they'll find us and it was it was like cool if I'm looking for connection and pouring into women I probably should start connecting with women and pouring into women and you know that is maybe going to differ from what the finished product is going to be maybe one day women are talking about it and then they bring their friends and then their friends bring friends and it becomes something that women want to come to every single year and you know at that point we're using a different you know strategy to get the word out but when it came to starting like it it was invaluable to then learn that and realize oh my gosh I should talk to as many people as possible and ask them what they need and ask them what you know what the heck they want because it's been a doozy of a few years and and it was then that you know bloom conference became real for me and I think it became real for them and it made the room so much more special because we knew each other and we loved each other and we could show up for each other and um, there's purpose in the start looking different. There is so much purpose in the way that what your dream is or what you're building or what your life is is rolling out the way that it is and there are amazing pleasurable parts of that and they're really challenging parts and again I, I believe in the purpose behind all of that because that creates one when it's hard an opportunity to fight for something um and when it's easy it it allows for for rest and understanding and like growth and i think that they're easy and hard and everything good and so i i learned such big beautiful lessons about business with the bloom conference and i'm just so excited for it in 2022 and i think you know my heart posture as a 28 year old who's building it is really different in that um it's it's worth it the work is worth it whoever is in the room it's perfect it's worth it you know um and whatever end game you're running after it doesn't have to be what it is today right there is a way to build it and the way that you're building it is ready 
uh, is, is great because that's what you're ready for. So the next one is if you aren't obsessed with what you're selling, don't sell it. So I think this really goes with what I was kind of, you know, thinking about with Bloom Conference. Um, if you don't love what you are selling or what you're inviting people to or, you know, what you're doing, just don't do it. I see so many people do things because like they quote unquote should do it, um, but should will only get you so far right? If you have a deep purpose and you have passion and you have motivation and you have like vision for something and you are literally obsessed with it and you know that it's going to happen, you don't know how it's going to happen, but you're committed to the process and you're committed to learning how and you're committed to learning the mistakes on the way and you're committed to all of it, then yeah, you're probably in a place to make it happen. And I just see so many of us doing things that we're like half into. I literally did this actually last week, like four, three or four days before my birthday. Um, I launched a masterclass that I am, I love, but I was not as obsessed with it with other things that I was talking about. And I, it like caught me by surprise. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Um, but I don't want to like seeing this from the rooftops today. I'm just not in that season of life right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, still learning this lesson, still learning it. So if you're not obsessed with what you're selling, don't sell it. If you're not obsessed with what you're building, don't build it. What are you obsessed with? What has a product market fit that you can get so excited about and go from there? So number 13 is building, okay, this one's really good. So building two six-figure companies with teams takes a lot of work and effort. This was a huge lesson I learned this year. So I hear a lot of people tell me to pick one thing. I have paid a lot of coaches a lot of money and gotten the feedback of like, you just need to pick one of these because last year, um, right up your alley and you know coaching and education on one side um, made as much money as Malibu Media. And I think they were like maybe a couple hundred dollars off from each other. That was it, which was mind blowing to me. And within that, um, you know, I, I kept trying to figure out like, how am I going to choose one or the other? What is this going to look like? And then I realized, you know, I am super committed to the vision of what I have. And I believe that the pandemic kind of gave me a break from Malibu Media so I could build up my coaching because God knew that I was going to be heading back to the South. And, you know, it's an amazing place for me to pour into women and, and build leaders and, and just let them see themselves and their potential the way that you know i see them and within that if i hadn't had that when i moved here i think i would have been really sad and i think i wouldn't have you know been doing what god created me to do and so within that um i just see so much purpose in both and i see so much fruit for our clients in both and having you know separate teams separate companies separate llc's you know, separate everything for it is a lot of work. But I, I knew that I was doing the right thing. And I think that comes to what we were talking about. Like I'm really obsessed with both of them and I'm obsessed with saying no to things that I might want now um, and saving them for later so that I can really stabilize both businesses and train my teams, which may mean that we're, you know, growing a little bit slower, quote unquote, than others, but that doesn't really matter to me, right? Like I'm really committed to building both and equipping my teams in both 
and creating systems for both. And yes, that is extra pressure. And yes, it can be frustrating and exhausting at times, but I know what I am here to do. And I have learned a lot in deciding to do what I want to do. And so I think, you know, no matter what someone tells you, they there is something probably extremely correct and right about what that advice is but you know what you're building. You know yourself, you know the vision. So don't reject that. Do not reject it because yes, it might be easier what they're saying and maybe in a year you'll look back and be like, dang, that's what I should have done. Maybe I'll look back and be like, dang, I should have just focused on building Malibu Media and then built up right up your alley. But that's just not what feels true for me today. And I know if I'm not obsessed with what I'm building, I'm not gonna do it. So listen to yourself and Allow yourself, um, you know, to say yes to the hearts that you're willing to put up with. Number 14 is soul friends are worth it. Get busy staying in touch, which goes back to that, you know, you can't make old friends thing that I told you. And um, your soul friends are worth it. They really are. And you might not always understand each other. You might not always feel as connected, but go after them and communicate with them. It is so very worth it. Okay, 15 is everybody speaks in memes and emojis to some degree, okay? This is like my marketing soul, um, my coaching soul, um, my human. And I learned this in such a big way as a 27-year-old. When you don't know how to connect with someone, start with relating to them and humor. I promise you from there on it gets easier, but a well-placed meme and well-used emojis communicate emotion and human connection in a time and a place where we don't feel that as much and when it comes to you know social media and the internet we really need that connection we need that and you know it's easy to make a a underhanded joke with someone when you're at lunch or you know when you're um, working together but it's hard to connect sometimes when it's all business or when it's all just digital so never forget the power of a good meme and well-placed emojis um 16 is gaining weight and losing weight are two different experiences that are both amazing teachers. So when I moved from California to Durham, North Carolina, I gained a significant amount of weight, honestly. I think when I started to realize I was leaving LA, honestly, that was when I stopped being as committed to moving my body. And um, it was within that that um, I really struggled with gaining weight and I felt so much shame around it and I felt so weird because it was something I felt I had conquered when I was in Los Angeles. Um, But, you know, when it came down to it, I think the gaining weight was a part of me reacting to all of the stressors and all the pressure I felt on myself. Um, And, you know, that is psychologically something that, you know, I could do a whole episode on. Um, But I was still doing hard things within that time that I'm really proud of. And I think that energy of, you know, me just like doing the things that are quote unquote hard was fully taken up, um, doing the things that I had avoided for a long time. And so gaining weight just happened. Um, And then, you know, once I started to get those things that I had avoided under control, um, then I started to, you know, do things to take care of myself and slowly start to lose that weight. Um, And I'm still in the middle of that. Um, But that has been such a interesting journey as well, because I just realized that like, 
when I lose weight, it doesn't make me love myself anymore, you know? And like, yeah, it might be relieving to not have to worry if my jeans are going to fit one week to the next. Um, That is a really nice feeling and I do really appreciate it. But, you know, my size has literally nothing to do with who I am. I deserve to be taken care of and I think being able to do that for myself makes me a better leader and that's really motivating to me. But gaining weight and losing weight and you know, being a 27 year old was, was such an interesting journey because it just showed me that it's, it's just my habits. It's just my habits. It's just how I'm taking care of myself and it's worthy of me doing. It's really worthy of, of being taken care of. So both were really amazing teachers and I wouldn't trade them. And I'm really proud of the girl who gained weight because she did some really hard stuff. And I'm proud of the girl who started to get back on a routine and create habits that supported my body. And whatever size I am now, I know that I'm putting in the work to do the things that challenge me. And I know I'm becoming a better person in that process. And that's enough for me. That is truly enough. 17 is there will always be a hater no matter how pure your intention or how strategic or any of the details of what you are doing saying sharing whatever but there will always be more lovers than haters always i promise you that there are always more people and they might not be expressing their love and they might might not be you know verbally cheering you on so that you can see them but there are always going to be way more people who are for you than against you the people against you might just make themselves feel or you know be a little bit more heard and that just comes down to their feelings and i think having boundaries with that but also understanding that they are just hurting and that this is their own process and probably has little to do with you is a very freeing thing so just know that there will always be haters but again there will always be more people cheering you on there will always be more people for you 18 is you build faster alone but building with others is worth it and i think you know bringing on a team having a team has made me just face things that i would have never faced as a business owner personally Um, learning how to get things more organized. I am so good at building really fast and really, you know, gifted at marketing. And I like to obviously get really deep into businesses and into just building. (laughs) That is what I love. Um, But there are other parts of business that I, I don't like building. And, you know, I've had to really buckle down and start to get things together so that I can appropriately scale and support the women full-time that are on my team and that is my responsibility and it's worth it and um even you know facing the hardship is is worth it because it again it makes you who you're supposed to be and so um yes you build faster alone and if you you know ever want or crave having an employee or a team or you know, even even a volunteer community around you, it, it is worth it. Even though there is minutia, even though there are details, I promise you that you will go farther with others and that the vision will be brighter and more incredible with their hands in the pot too. 19 is ask your friends to show up for you. If they don't, it's okay, but you need to ask for what you need. This was really important to me in my 27th year. Like I just got to a point where I think things looked really beautiful on the outside because there was so much fruit and that just came from, you know, growth over the years. And I was so thankful, but I also was struggling 
and I really just needed my friends. And so asking for them to show up and just asking for um, their support and their buy-in meant so much to me. And some of them couldn't always be there, but being able to be vulnerable allowed for some really deep connections. And I'm really thankful that it happened. There was a lot of this around Bloom Conference. A lot of those speakers came and supported me for me and supported my vision because they knew that I was building it and they believed in who I was and what it was. And that was really, really special to me. And then behind closed doors, obviously just creating space to call your friends and talk to your friends. And then also if you didn't want to talk or if you're in a place where you don't want to process, like letting them know, hey, I'm really struggling and I'm going inward. I'm not avoiding you though. And I'm not trying to pursue isolation or you know, cut you out of my life. Like that communication is so powerful. 20 is people are listening even when you don't feel they are. People are listening to you. The words that you're putting out there, the things that you're doing, the things that you know you are fixing, the solutions you're bringing, people are paying attention. They might not say anything right now, but I promise you they are. And it only takes one person. I say this often to the people that I coach. You only have to change one life. And once you change one, and once you tell that story, and once you show that proof, there will be another and there will be another, and you can't stop that momentum. So allow yourself to be heard, and don't be afraid to use your voice and clap for yourself in the beginning because that's a lot of what leadership is, and that's a lot of what creating momentum in your business is. 21 is focus your efforts. Focus, focus, holy crap. What a hard lesson for me as someone who has ADHD and dyslexia, um, I don't know if you know you find that it's difficult for you as well. I feel like I hyper focus on things um, and I skip from thing to thing sometimes. Um, but I swear, being able to prioritize focus has completely changed my life and changed the game. And I even launched a notebook last year called Daily Direction, and that truly was because I created a system that allowed me to move the needle and get things done day in and day out and then after that it really allowed me to just feel relief and feel good and so I created a notebook because I was telling everyone about it and I was like listen just do this and focusing your efforts for 90 days day in and day out three you know effective things done every single day like that is the key to you know progress and the progress that you're craving it's not the sporadic effort it's not like the crazy days of focus and then you know not being focused the next it's like little efforts every single day 22 is we are all out here doing our very best in the move and in the pandemic i dropped balls 100 percent. i still drop balls and what i learned in you know being 27 was it's really freaking hard to be imperfect for me at least um, it was really freaking hard to drop balls, but it was worth it to come out on the other side and to own it and to not judge myself and to realize like I had the purest intentions that entire time. I wasn't trying to do anything wrong and those drop balls are opportunities for me to get better. So that really helped me and that made me feel a lot more whole as I just dove into um, fixing and, and becoming even better. Number 23 is judgment is the easy way out. 
understanding is where the true leader lies and i gosh i could straight up dive into this so deep but i think as humans we love to judge and we love to label things and that is just because it helps us understand and when we understand we feel safe but when you actually take the time to understand and you look at all the perspectives of a situation or a human it's really easy to actually see why they may have done it or you know what the background might have been or at least to empathize and understand where they are and that doesn't mean that we allow people to cross our boundaries or walk all over us right um, but judgment does nothing judgment just labels someone it keeps you lazy you move on right understanding allows for that empathy and that empathy allows for you to at least be a good leader to them and be a good leader for yourself and i really loved learning this lesson but instead of you know someone like me dropping a ball like i was saying and someone judging me you know what i needed was to be understood and then someone to help me understand that i just needed to show up in x and y way and then you know if they held me accountable accountable to that great but if not like you know they could just be like hey i'm out but this could be helpful me realizing like oh i just did something and i i did it wrong and then them helping me and then not judging me and giving me space gave me time to solve the problem and grow so you know the true leader lies in understanding and that is with yourself that is with others that is with your family um, and it's not your job to be their leader all the time it's your your job to be your leader right so every situation is different every season of life is different but understanding is a superpower and understanding is going to allow you to be the leader that you need and then when you can lead in your life you know it holds space and boundaries to allow other people to grow too 24 is calling your parents is very worth it and this is something that i was never always super great at but I will never regret calling my parents. And if you can do that still, amazing. If you can't, calling the people you love. But connecting with people who know you and see you is always worth it, even if they don't fully understand you. And that was something for me for years. I wouldn't like talk about business with my mom because she, she just didn't get it. And I felt like she didn't care to get it. Um, when realistically, like that was a story I was telling myself. And the more I could actually like, tell her um instead of being like hey i you know went and did this great thing are you proud of me it was more like oh yeah well i'm trying to do this this and this she could actually ask why and whether it clicked to her it didn't really matter i think just being able to call and discuss was really important to to all of my family and and that allowed me to heal in big ways too because i let myself be seen 25 was there is nothing like connecting with others in person you cannot replace in-person connection. There is no way I will argue this and die on this hill. So, you know, if you have been through a season of isolation, which I think a lot of us have, do it. Like, go somewhere, find a place to connect with people, whatever that is. And when you get there, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if you're shy, talk. Talk to people. Connect with people. It will be healing. Because... We all just want to be seen and we want to feel safe and we want to be heard. And that can't happen all the time digitally. We need each other. We need in person. 26 is eat the cookie, truly enjoy it. Don't overthink it. Eat the dang cookie. I promise you it's worth it. 
Um, I, you know, told you that I gained weight and I lost weight. And what's really interesting is the stress and the lack of exercise was what made me gain weight. It was not that I was binge eating. It wasn't that I was doing, you know, eating a million cookies or anything like that. It was, it was truly like I was putting on the weight of what I felt in the world. Um, and there were so many days where I wasn't even eating enough and I was gaining weight. And that was just because of where I was, you know, physically and what I was going through. And what I've learned now is I'm able to prioritize, you know, getting way more calories in and moving my body is and and losing weight in that process right and feeling more you know full and and taken care of is that like the cookie does not need to be this crazy thing like you can eat i promise you you can enjoy you can treat yourself i promise you just take care of yourself in the ways that you can right like it it doesn't just come down to treating yourself sometimes treating yourself is going for the run or doing the things you don't want to do or struggling with your taxes and knowing that like that struggle on the other side is going to give you peace, right? So eat the cookie, allow yourself the pleasurable moments and understand that those are going to really give you the dopamine kicks to do the hard things too. Um, And then eventually the hard things will give you the dopamine kicks and there will be new challenges and it's all about growth. And then 27, our last one, is it is worth all the trouble to be who God made you to be. It really is. And I, I want to end on this note and this like, gosh, I could cry saying this, but it's worth it. It really is. And I think every single year I learn that more that, you know, I don't have to lift my finger. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be Forbes 30 under 30 or a New York Times bestseller or you know, any of the accolades or, or the things that maybe I may be striving for or want or be open to in my future, that really just kind of comes with it. And if it's for me or if it's for you, awesome. If it's not, it's not. What is really worth it is just being who God made you to be. And something that Zig Ziglar says is, you know, you don't make your first $1 million to be a millionaire. You do it to be someone who could make a million dollars. And I thought that was really profound um, in that, like, he's talking about, you know, the habits. He's talking about the problem solving. He's talking about the person committed to the process. That is what it's all about right and so whatever it is that motivates you whatever accolade or success or label or you know opinion of yourself whatever it is it's good and i'm sure that it will feel good when you get it if that's what is for you but i think the thing that will bring the most satisfaction is just knowing that you operated out of a place of being who you were created to be and doing the things that God created you to do and not being shy or slow to do that but understanding like you're allowed to do that and that when you do that you're going to be blessing others around you and that yeah there are a lot of hard parts to that but it is worth all the trouble to be who God made you to be and it is worth you being all in on being that and being all in looks different in different seasons and your path is your path. It is not the same as her path or his path over there. Don't compare yourself, focus on your lane, allow yourself 
to do the hard things and the fun things, eat the cookie, you know, shed the opinions, have people who hate you, have people who love you, call the people you love, ask for what you need from them, and understand that this entire experience is making you into something that is so good. And we don't do it for the fruit, right? We don't just do it to make the money. We don't just do it to have the accolades. We just do it to be who we were created to be because there's nothing that is stopping us except for ourselves from being that. So my challenge to you is to be it, to be all in, to bring your best because the world really does need what you have. And I know, I know, I know that it is worth it. Thank you so much for listening. This was one of our out of you know character long episodes, but um, even if one of you is able to have a better year and you know a better day and a better life and hearing some of these nuggets um it was so worth it it was so worth it this crazy you know topsy-turvy 27th year made me into so much better of a person and i am just honored that i get to be here and you know have you guys um just doing life with me because so many of you guys are you know doing it and I see you and I appreciate you so with that if you liked this episode just screenshot it and share it on your story with a link and tag me I'll be resharing them always and if you you know enjoy this then go below and leave a five-star review and you know tell me what you love and what you want to hear more of that always is so extremely helpful as we expand this podcast and really lean into what God's doing and I am just truly so thankful that 27 led me to doing this and um, speaking to you and I would not trade any of the hardship or you know the challenges or you know the goodness for what came of this year. It will always be a year that I am just so thankful for and You are a huge part of that. So thank you for being here. I hope you have an incredible day and we will see you soon at Right Up Your Alley.